Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. I'm your host, Paula Jenkins. I invite you to join me as we explore how inspiring people have chosen joy in their lives and what they have to share with us about how to jumpstart joy in the world. Plus, how do we follow our own hearts, find work that lights us up while mindfully noticing the role joy plays in our own journey. Welcome to episode 157. This is Paula Jenkins, the host of Jumpstart Your Joy. You guys, welcome back. I am excited that you're here. Thank you, as always, for joining each week. So for the month of October, I am taking a look at four episodes that say a lot about how to nourish and nurture yourself during difficult times. If you didn't listen in last week, it was with Debbie Augenthaler, so you should go back and listen to episode 156. Uh, There's been a lot going on in the United States right now. And a lot of people are feeling really heavy emotions around specifically the Brett Kavanaugh Supreme Court situation. So knowing that I've had countless conversations with other women and men that really have these heavy emotions around this and aren't sure how to approach things I decided to pull together these four conversations that I felt really lended themselves into kind of rediscovering and unearthing some ways that you can take care of yourself because that is so important in times like like these. Uh, this week, I'm really excited to be revisiting the conversation with Christy Tending, who if you've been a listener for a while, you know her. She's been on, I think this is the fourth time. We are dear friends that met because she pitched herself to be on the show. And I just adore that in our most recent conversation, she talked about not just self-care, but what she has started to call self-advocacy, which I think is a really beautiful and different kind of way of thinking about how to take care of ourselves and that we have to be the ones that speak up for things when we see them, especially when they apply to our own lives. And I know it's hard, so I think you'll really enjoy. She's been an activist for quite some time. So I think you'll really enjoy what Christy has to say about this topic. If you want to get the show notes for this one, you can head to the website. It's at jumpstartyourjoy.com and forward slash Christy. And you will, this one will pop up for you. Um, If you're new too, it's a great way to find out more about the show and myself. Uh, There's another 156 episodes that you can discover either there or on iTunes or um, Google podcasts, it, the show's everywhere. And I uh, also want to give a special shout out. I know that some of you guys are international. So I really appreciate that you are listening on your respective versions of Apple podcasts. I see you out there and I just want to say hello and thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe. You can do that in any country on Apple podcasts and um, leave a review. I would love to hear from you. Also, if you have come up with some ways that you are taking care of yourself or that you think that are kind of an interesting thing that you want to share, you can email them to me at at jumpstartyourjoy at gmail.com and I would love to hear them. I might read them in a next episode. Also, if you want to follow along on Instagram, I'll be sharing some of the quotes there and I'm at jumpstartyourjoy. 
The other super interesting thing about Christy is that she is starting a brand new class. It begins on October 22nd, so just next week, and it's all about self-advocacy. You guys, I was super excited to see that this class was aligning perfectly with this episode, and I hope that you'll head over to her website at christytending.com, which you and you can find out everything about the class there. Uh, it's several weeks. She's going to guide it herself. It sounds simply amazing, especially if you resonate with what we talk about on this episode. So you can find out more at the show notes. And let's get on to this lovely interview with Christy. Welcome, everybody. I am so excited because we are starting a brand new series here on Jumpstart Your Joy which is called the Friendpreneur Series. And you guys are super duper lucky because I have one of my very favorite people around. Christy Tending has joined me. You guys all know her from a couple, I think actually three other episodes. And she is back to talk about what is going on for her in her life and her business and for us to just kind of catch up. Welcome, Christy. Yay, I'm so excited to be here. Well, and I think one of the good things, like we should point this one out because it's so much fun. The way Christy and I met was because of this show. Oh my gosh. So um, that yeah, remember I remember when I sent you an email and was like, A, I think I should be on your podcast and B, I think we should be friends. <laughs> and I agreed to both things. It's and you were best. like, okay, that sounds good. <laughs> well, and it's kind of uncanny. Like we both know each other through Michelle Ward, shout out. Hello. We love you, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Um, and But then it was just kind of uncanny because she's out of New York and she's a great coach and we are both out of the Bay Area. So now we can be friends in person and it is amazing. Um, so, well, why don't we jump into some questions here? I mean, so just so the audience and we both kind of have the same groundwork, it's really more of like kind of a casual conversation because I think it's very interesting to start talking about how do people who are on the road to being an entrepreneur or are an entrepreneur, how are we like facing things as they come up? You guys kind of have some of our backstory um, and know a little bit more, but it just felt like there are a few people that I just resonate with so strongly and our journeys are similar. And we even check in outside of the podcast. I know, crazy, but um, like, how are we getting through this journey? So that's what these this little series is going to be about. Um, so what's been going on with you since the last time we talked, which I think was like about a year ago. So a lot, yeah, that in and of itself is kind of an existential question. What has been going on? Um, it's been, su- it's been a really big year. Um, so I now have a nine month old baby. Um, and he is magical, and I am still living here in the Bay Area and running my business where I help world-changing people develop self-care and sacred practice, and obviously, politically, it's been a really big year, um, and and I've noticed that self-care, as it turns out, is kind of more important than ever. Um, and yeah, it's been a big year of kind of figuring out, okay, how do I, like, how do I be a mom and how do I still be an activist in this new climate 
while being a mom? And how do I run a business in this new climate while being a mom? And, and it's just been kind of peeling back all of these layers of, of things that have felt really hard out in the world and felt really wonderful kind of in my inner life and in my home life. So it's been a big year. Yeah. Ooh, there's a lot. There's so much there. I mean, and I think so many guests and other people have kind of commute, like they've communicated through subtle ways and maybe not so subtle ways, but like this political situation is a problem for all of us. And it's brought up so much, like it's bizarre and weird. And and you've given me some good advice about even like kind of pacing yourself if you want to become active in being an activist. Like it's a long, it's a long haul. It's not going to be like immediate. Yeah. Um, I've been an activist since the Clinton administration. So there's a certain amount of like, we do need to pace ourselves and be gentle. And at the same time, like there are real, there are real issues in our world right now. And and gentleness is not necessarily always the best approach. Um, yeah. When when you see people in your community, and you know, for many people in their own families who are who are suffering and who are experiencing, you know, really direct impacts of of this moment. So, yeah. Well, and I think being mindful. I mean, where I've arrived at is being like mindful. I'm in. I'm gonna do some things that my I can do with my physical person or voice or whatever, if that's a march or talking about it here or whatever. But there's also then I'm going to donate to some people because I can't do all the things on my own, clearly. And there's some people doing some great things that I'm excited to be part of, even if that's just from a distance and giving them a monetary uh, amount. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, we can jump to a different topic because I think the other pieces, of course, are the things that you mentioned about the the shift of becoming a mother, which of course yeah. for me, like that is, well, I mean, ironically, the birth of the podcast as well was so closely tied to the birth of my son because everything changed for me in that. And I don't know if you want to talk about like some of the things that you've seen, I don't know, either that have shifted for you and your your view on things or how you're approaching things in life and business. Yeah. I mean, it's, as I was sort of saying to you before we started recording, um, I simply just want to like get a whole bunch of people in a room so that they can like listen to us have a conversation. Like, (laughs) yes, (laughs) A, we're a riot and B, um, there's, there's so much good stuff there. But as I was saying before we hit record, I, I feel like in some ways it is, it's really parallel to becoming an entrepreneur, which is like you, at least in my case, like having a child was like a longstanding dream as was like being my boss and running my own business and all of that. And then you sort of get into it and it's, it it can't ever be what you expect because there's Mm -hmm. no, there's no parallel experience to becoming a parent. I mean, I have cats whom I love, but they are like more self-sufficient than my son will be for years to come. Um, And so, I I mean, but as with an entrepreneur, like becoming an entrepreneur, it's like I had no idea what to expect and I had no idea how, you know, emotionally invested I would be and how you get into it and 
it is, as I said earlier, you know, it is kind of like being in the wilderness a little Mm -hmm. bit and you're, and you're figuring out this whole new way of living a life that nobody truly has a roadmap for because no child and no parent are alike. Um, it is, it is always a unique experience, even if you've been through it before. Um, because every child is unique, <laughs> as it turns out. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so you can prepare and you can read all you want and, you know, scour the internet for all of the best tips and tricks and tools and things that may or may not help your kids sleep or may or may not help you run a profitable business. But at the end of the day, it's just kind of you. Um, and, and, you know, perhaps a support team, um, perhaps a partner, perhaps family around, but like the end of the day, it's just kind of like you in the wilderness being like, okay, now I got to figure this out. Um, and it's beautiful and inspiring and challenging and nerve wracking and tear inducing and, you know, all of this love and, you know, it's just everything kind of rolled up in one experience. Um, and, and it's a whole lot of like, man, I have no idea what I'm doing. I could read, I could read every parenting book that's ever existed. And I would still be like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Um, well, and that's so like, I, I, the other thing that we were saying was like, I am clearly, I mean, project manager for like 20 years almost. And so I love getting my head around something and like being able to understand next steps and like create a project plan. And like, that's a zone of comfort for me. And the thing that I saw, and it is so funny because it is similar in having become a mother and in running a business is there is very little that you can actually I mean, you can get your head around it, but that doesn't mean you're going to be able to plan this stuff out in like a spreadsheet. Like, <laughs> I'm laughing at it myself. Oh, no. Like, that, that, you know, hi, that doesn't happen. And it's so funny because I think being a mom, like even going into some of the classes, like pre-birth, it's like, oh yeah, here's the breastfeeding class. Okay, well, none of that was real. Or this one weird <laughs> class where, I mean, the idea that mechanics was about the same, but of the actual breastfeeding why am I talking about that? But, um, but then like this other woman who came in in her pajamas and she's like, you need to wear your pajamas all day long so you can sleep whenever the baby's sleeping. And I'm like, that's, what is that? Like, (laughs) okay, maybe that's like one little tidbit of a plan, but like you could never get all these little things that work for some people to necessarily work across the board for another person. Like it was just, it's, it's almost laughable. And that's so funny that she said that because my like first response to that is like, oh my God, when I started making sure that I had a shower every single day and putting on real clothes, even when I didn't leave the house, Mm -hmm. that was like one of the things that was really essential to my feeling like a whole normal person again. So again, it's this completely like unique experience for each person. And what what works for one person, what one person might say is like their number one self-care tip for moms. I'd be like, that doesn't work for me at all. That is a recipe for not feeling well, (laughs) even a little bit. But I I just think that's so interesting. I think it's just, it's so interesting. And And it really goes to show just how, 
customized you have to get your self-care and and the kind of self-knowledge that it requires. Mm, yes, right? Because I could see, like, let's say somebody's like, oh, okay, that's your tip. I'm going to wear my pajamas all day and sleep when that baby's sleeping. And if it was me, I would start to feel like crap because like you said, I need a shower and I want to be able to feel like I could leave the house if I wanted to. And like that would just send me down a different, a different, what, I don't know, rabbit hole that maybe would be the opposite of self-care. When this lovely woman who had probably the best of intentions was like, I'm going to make a point and wear my, she even wore pajamas to teach the class. And so my husband and I love to joke about this. (laughs) I mean, I, I, then wear your pajamas, you know, if that's what works for you, then, you know, do it. Um, And And try it and see if it works. And try it and see if it works and, you know, let it be this kind of experiment and go for it. I mean, and again, I'm, I am the last person who's going to tell you what self-care is for you. That's right. That's not at all what I'm here for. No, Um, exactly. Well, and we even had that, that I love that one of our first conversations, (laughs) how we were laughing about you know, self-care could look like wearing comfortable pants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And, you know, I, I like, I like to joke, like I didn't start working for myself so that I could, you know, be uncomfortable and do terrible things. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, I like the occasional nap. I like going for a walk in the middle of the day. Like I didn't, start working for myself so that I could turn this into some kind of like self-punishment. But I also know that there are certain things where I have to get kind of gritty. And like, even if I don't feel like getting up and taking a shower, getting up and, you know, putting on real clothes, that is ultimately what's going to help me feel better and and make me feel like myself. Um, Well, and isn't that interesting? Because I I think there's something in there too, for me, where it's like, I know there's a few things and I, and I, I think we actually talked about this in our balance class that we taught, but like there are a few things each day that I just need to do because (laughs) it's important. And if I don't do it, I feel either gross or unmotivated or whatever. And I think the interesting thing that I'm putting together in my head right now is some of them, like there's a list for personal things, but there's also a list for like kind of the bare minimums. I feel like I have to do for the business. If I'm not doing those things that I feel like, Ooh, I'm kind of like, neglecting it in some way. I don't know if that rings true for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and part of that is also, I mean, yes, for me, definitely there are a handful of things, bare minimum that I have to do each day. And what I, and what I realized in becoming a mom was like, I needed to really make those things count. Mm-hmm. So for instance, like for me taking a shower every single day, is like, it has to happen. Um, and, and one of the biggest, like life changing things that happened after, um, the birth of my son was we actually got a new shower head for a shower, which is like $45 on Amazon. I, Mm -hmm. and it is life changing. It is like, I now have the most amazing shower that I could possibly have. And so for those like seven minutes, it's like the best experience it could possibly be. And so I think that's part of what it has has kind of come to for me is like, not only are those bare minimum things that I have to do. And for me, like in my work, in my business, it's like writing my newsletter each week. Um, 
that's like the main way that I communicate with my students. It's the main way that I kind of spread news about what's going on in my work. And, and it's also like a real creative outlet. It's really where I kind of share the latest of like what's going on in my brain about all of these things. And if, so if that isn't happening, then I kind of feel a little bit stuck around the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if I'm not doing like a really elaborate self-care routine or I'm not doing like every single thing in my business, which like I have a baby, so I'm just not. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, especially when it comes to social media, it's like I have very little patience for Twitter and Facebook. Like I really, it's just not my thing. Um but if I'm not doing that newsletter and if I'm not really making that kind of a a conscientious like space where I'm sharing something valuable, then the rest of it feels kind of stuck and I'm not really sure what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's not just like what's the bare minimum, but like how do I make that really count for something? Um, oh, yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. And I, well, go ahead though. I don't want to cut you off. Oh, I just think that there's this like, this quality over quantity thing, which is like, you may not have time for, you know, two hours at the gym and coffee with friends and, you know, a long, luxurious Pinterest perfect dinner that you're making for your family. But like, you probably have time for like a 15 minute chunk of something that feels really good and really counts for something. And so figuring out what that is, I think is, has been one of my biggest lessons learned in the last year is like, it may not be as elaborate as it used to be, but it can still really count for something. Yes. And, and it's interesting because I think that's coming at business in a slightly, I mean, if we stick with the the entrepreneur side of it, I think it also rings so true with the mom side. Um, but the entrepreneur side of it, like it's so different to like think about what are the few things that, oh, but this is essentialism. And I, I love yes. the Greg McCowan book of essentialism, like doing a few things well, like doing the essential few, like yeah. narrowing in on that. I'm getting so excited about this, but like, and doing them well, instead of feeling like you have to spread yourself all over the place. Um, Cause I really love um, seeing what you've done with your newsletter recently. Like that is like, so everybody, you just need to go sign up for Christy's newsletter because it's awesome. And like, but like the writing you're doing in there, I mean, it really does feel like you're speaking just to me. I kind of think maybe you are, but like (laughs) that. But like, maybe talk us talk about. I mean, you you talked about it a little bit. But will you tell us a little bit more about like what is allowing you the space and the time, or like what makes that place feel like the thing you wanted to sink into? Because it's clear you've made a choice. Yeah, I mean, I think there is like I talk about making it count for something, and you know shameless plug, I teach this course called Sacred Focus, which is really like the technique that I used to kind of change my life from like this kind of spread thin, like dabbling all over the place and feeling overwhelmed and not really ever making an impact. And and over the years, I've just like kind of whittled a lot of things in my life down, frankly. Um, 
to, to those essential elements. And I really make it this like act of devotion. And, you know, the reason I chose my newsletter instead of the blog and, you know, so many other things in my life, the reason I've chosen them over all of these other things is like, that's the place that feels meaningful for me. Um, it's not necessarily that it's better or worse or, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's no, there's no real quantifiable reason. It's just like, that's what feels meaningful to me. And in my newsletter, I really have, I've really gotten to a place where like, I have, you know, in some cases, people who've been on my newsletter for years and years, and they still write to me and they're like, they hit reply and they're like, that's just what I needed to hear. Mm -hmm. And, and it's really, first of all, it's an act of devotion and this act of service where I sit down and I think about all of the people who are on my newsletter and I think about, okay, what do I really want to say to these people? And, and I usually have, you know, one or two people in mind who I'm really writing to. And I'm thinking, okay, if I had just a minute to write that person an email, what would I want to say? What would I want to talk about as far as what's going on in my own life and my own practice? And, and what would I want them to know about themselves? And so over the years, I've gotten a little bit more vulnerable in my writing where I write and I'm like, Hey friends, I have I have no idea what's going on right now. I really don't have it together this week or here's what I'm really struggling with or here's what you know I have had to be really clear about lately. Mm-hmm. Um and I would say virtually without exception if I'm feeling that way there's probably also somebody who's feeling that way. Yes. Um, Mm-hmm. And, and I <laughs> it's that, usually me. <laughs> Sorry, which makes me like which makes me the happiest. Like yeah. I, I, I talk about self care and I talk about mindfulness and I talk about living a sacred life. But really, at the end of the day, what I want people to know is that we're all in this together and that we're all connected. And to me, that is the ultimate goal of my newsletter is for people to have something in their inbox that helps them to recognize the fact that they are not alone. Yeah. Mm, and I love that you that that is kind of the the mission in a beautiful way that that's what you're trying to convey because it does so clearly come through. I mean, and I think it's hard to find the thing um, because I mean, Ultimately, the things that we're talking about here, because I may talk about my podcast for a second, but yeah. like, these are the outbound things that people could call marketing. But when they're done with heart and with love and with specific mission, then they don't, I don't know about for you, but like my podcast, this this conversation we're having does not feel like a lot of work because, I mean, I adore you and I love the topic we're talking about. This doesn't feel hard at all. Right. Um, and, yeah, you know, what I what I think about when I think about marketing, because like when I first got into my business, I was that like naive person who was like, I'm not going to market. I'm just going to do what I do and people will find me if they're meant to find me. And really that's not true. Mm, Yeah. People won't just find you. So there, it is that kind of this like act of courage of like putting yourself out there. And sometimes people call it marketing. (laughs) 
And really, ultimately, it's this thing where I show up in people's inboxes and I'm like, hi, I love you. You're not alone. And also, I have this thing that I made that you can pay money for. And if that sounds good, then come sit next to me. Mm-hmm. And I always hope for it to be as like low pressure as possible. And that even if people are like, it's not the right time or I don't have the money, that there's still something else in there that yeah. they walk away getting value and feeling valued. Yes. I love that about it. And I love, I feel like those are the places where things resonate, you know, like with, with whoever your tribe is, your audience, but also like it, I don't know, it just feels good to do it from the, the point of like my own point, like, and the thing that I've seen in my own, in this podcast is obviously like the connections are amazing and the networking is so super cool. And I love having these conversations with people. And so what I'm going to shift to a little bit is like this, this series, because this just feels awesome. Um, And friendpreneurs are always so much fun. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are like, okay, but how do I do that thing? I can see Christy, I can see Paula, but how are they doing that? And I think like, it's interesting to have that discussion. And I also, here's the other crazy thing that I even pulled tarot cards on today was like, I think I'm going to start working on some retreat focused podcast topics because that is where this whole thing started. And I feel like I just need to get back to it. And you would love the cards that I pulled on this one. (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) And I'm I'm so excited for that because I think that is the way you show up for people is and hold space for people is so beautiful, whether it's your guests or on the podcast or your students. It's like, I, I see that. And and you're just such a you're just such a bubbly magnetic person that I'm like the most excited that you're diving back into that because thank you. I think it's I think it's super needed. So Yeah. Well, thank you, friend. Um, yeah. Well, so what why don't we jump over to um like, what is your current edge? And, and by edge, in case audience members are like, what is that? Sounds like a coachy term. Like, kind of means like, what's the, I mean, literally, what is, not literally, but I guess figuratively, what is the outside edge that you're playing to? Because I think as an entrepreneur, kind of what I was just alluding to is like, maybe I felt a little too comfortable mm. or like maybe not as interested in some of the ways that the podcast, it felt like it's getting a little lully. So let's breathe some life into it. Um so like, I don't know, do you have some edges there that have either come out of this place of, you know, you've had a lot of life changes or, you know, or is there something else about the business or or your life that you're, you're feeling like you want to play an edge to? Yeah, I'm playing with, and again, we talked about this a little bit before and it's really just feeling kind of exciting. I like part of the reason why I'm so out about the shower business is that it's like where I get all my best ideas. So I'm like standing in the shower the other day and this, I'm a real words person. Like I'm a poet and I was a poetry major. And so I love words and kind of labeling like, okay, what's this thing that's kind of simmering right now? And this phrase popped into my brain while I'm standing in the shower and um, I think I need to start keeping like a Sharpie in there or something. But the the phrase that ca- came to mind for me was self-advocacy, which mm-hmm. is this like, what comes after self-care? 
and self-compassion. Because I think those are obviously important ingredients to um, to a life and to being a person who is gentle with themselves in you know, a political climate that feels really intense and frankly, like living under capitalism, under systems that like try to teach us that we're worthless and unless we have a 72 inch TV, um, (laughs) like, I mean, really, um, or unless we like drink a particular kind of beer or have a particular kind of jeans, like in a society that teaches us that we're like never quite good enough. Mm -hmm. What's the thing beyond self-care because self-care is this beautiful way of being, I define it as being compassionately present with yourself in any given moment and taking action that matches that. But then there's for me this piece of like, okay, what's beyond that? Because I recognize that like as a business owner and as a mom, there are certain times where it's like, I do yoga and I meditate and I go to the gym and I take walks outside in nature and I hang out with my baby and with my cats and I eat healthy food and I like do all of these things that one could label as self-care mm-hmm. um, that feel wonderful and that are good and and make me feel good. But then there's the what's next. And when those things aren't working maybe, or when those things aren't doing what they used to, how do we become really fierce advocates for ourselves? Not just kind of passively or peacefully care for ourselves, but really advocate for what we need. When things kind of look good on paper or look good from the outside, but for whatever reason aren't working. Mm-hmm. And that could be in entrepreneurship or in motherhood or in a relationship or a day job, it really doesn't matter. But how do we become those kind of fierce advocates for ourselves? Um, so that, so that we don't crumble inside these expectations and so that we don't get lost in that wilderness that I was talking about earlier. Um, and so that so that we can continue to show up in the way that we want to show up for the lives that we've really painstakingly built. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is. And so it, that's my edge. Is like beco- <laughs> yeah. becoming becoming that advocate for myself. I've been an activist for you know my entire adult life, and really since I was in high school. And you know, you give me a cause, and I will chain myself to a tree about it. But becoming that advocate for myself has become, has been much more difficult. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and frankly, it's been very interesting. Um, yeah, well, and, and I, I can relate to that heavily, as you know, um, there's something about it that like, one of the things that was super interesting to me was getting to that point, both as a, as a mom, and then also at a different time, um, last year or really almost two years ago when I went out on my own and, and made a go for being an entrepreneur on my, on my own without a day job. Um, and, And I think there's something interesting. It goes back to the planning a little bit for me. Like I felt like, Oh, I can plan this. I'll know what to expect. 
Um, but then kind of realizing in both cases in very different ways, one was, was far more, um, I'll just say frightening for me than meaning becoming, a, <laughs> sounds bizarre, but like there was a lot more unknown in becoming a mother than there was in being an entrepreneur. Cause I knew I could go back to a day job. Um, oh, yeah. you know, once there's and a kiddo, <laughs> you can't go back to not being a mom. Well, there's no going back. And I like to, like, I like to say like, I'm good at work. Like yes. I'm, I'm good at work. I, you know, that, that doesn't scare me in the same way, but, yes. but then suddenly you're responsible for this other person and there's really no preparing for it. I mean, you can take a whole bunch of classes like I did and really just like project manage the crap out of it, mm-hmm. which is also my, you know, way of dealing with things. <laughs> yes, we both Which have is why a, you and I are friends. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's a love language, you know, being able to plan, but <laughs> it is one of mine if it is. They need to add it if it's not. Yeah. Uh, Google spreadsheets are one of my love languages <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I think shared was- Evernotes and you and I are like soulmates is what's up. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's an interesting thing to observe too, that like somebody... And we are both, as as you as people can tell, like we laugh really hard, really easily too. But like, what happens when the kind of I don't know happy planners then fall into a place where you can't really plan? I think, that, and that is one of the biggest, most interesting questions for me, and the thing that I could observe myself in feeling a little bit lost, or more than a little bit lost after, um, you know birth didn't go as I planned or whatever. But then like, how do you come back from that and build it back up to a place where you can, like you're saying, when the things that don't seem to work as they used to, then how do you get back to the place and have advocacy advocacy for yourself around, oh, no, 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 I need to do this. And here's why. And, and that build has been, I mean, I feel like I'm still in it. And like the podcast came out of that space of wanting more. And we talked a little bit about that before we hit record, but like wanting more than what the current circumstance is allowing for. And it feels like that is such an amazing edge to be in because you know what's going on kind of, and you also know what you want more or less. And so then how do you build towards that thing? And that's like, my language around that is like that joy is a wayfinding emotion. And so in my language, that would be like, I'm going towards joy in one, one way or another, but I don't know if there's a way that you see that playing out or if some of that resonates with you. Oh yeah. I mean, I think there's, I think there's also a huge amount of pressure to Mm. be like done to find some sort of finish line or some sort of like perfect, like doneness. I don't really know how else to phrase it. It's like, you've checked all the boxes and now it's like, everything's set, but joy is like, at least in my life right now, like kind of a moving target. It's like, Mm -hmm. and, and it's constantly shifting under my feet, you know, as I'm, as I'm continuing to find equilibrium and my son's only nine months old. So I'm giving myself a little bit more like time to kind of, (laughs) you know, really settle into things, but like, it's, you know, no day is the same as the one before and, and things are constantly shifting. And so, yeah, finding that, finding the new equilibrium, letting it be this kind of evolving thing where it is a moving target and it isn't perfect and complete and 
you know, there is no, there is no finish line and there's a lot of grace in no finish line, like, and just letting it continue to be in process. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I, I'm a big fan of, of this idea of self-advocacy because I think, you know, I've, I've written about gratitude a lot and I've written about mindfulness a lot. And I think there's something though that gets lost in those spaces um, where we use them as kind of like a spiritual bypass to be like, if you Mm -hmm. were really grateful, you would just be happy. Or if you were really like living in the moment, you would just be feeling joyful at your beautiful child who exists in the world and is healthy. Like, and when I say it like that, I'm like, obviously that is amazing. And it is a miracle. Um, I mean, it is truly a precarious miracle that any of us is here. Like that's, (laughs) So true. <laughs> it's yes. bonkers when you think about it. It really is. Yeah. The event, but, the lining up of fate and mystery and creation is like, whoa. Yeah. But I think that that's not necessarily, I, I don't want that to be a kind of placating, patronizing mm-hmm. phrase that's then used to make people feel small or to make myself feel small for wanting something more or for that not being quite enough. Um, and obviously if I had to choose, yes, that is enough. That is plenty. And it is amazing. And again, this idea around like, and if it doesn't quite feel like it's working, what then? Um, and how do we get kind of gritty and, you know, a little bit sassy and learn to laugh about it, but also, you know, get really serious about advocating for what it is that we do need Mm -hmm. um, in order to be living a life that feels like ours and that is something that feels sacred and meaningful to us. Mm -hmm. Um, Because as amazing as it is and as precarious a miracle as all of it is, um, to me, that means that we shouldn't be wasting it. And that it should be something that we really go after with as much fervor as we can. Mm, I really love that you're kind of distinguishing that line, too. Of, uh, I feel like there's that group of people, I, it's not anyone specific, but that would be known to say, well, at least, and then you fill in the blank, at least you have xyz and and there's that push of like trying like you're saying trying to placate over anything that may have some rough edges in pushing you or anyone to feel like well you should be grateful but but saying okay i am i got it check that off the box like check that off the list but like but there i need to really feel my way through that amazing gift that yes i'm acknowledging i have I also have to push through this hard thing because there's more over there waiting for me. I'm pointing, you know, like more out there that I need to do. And if I, if I just sat here in this like gracious bliss, well then (laughs) I'm not living up to that thing that I know I have to go take care of as well. Like, yes, this is great. And there's this other thing too. Yeah. And, you know, in my case, I often think about like, how do I translate this into, into something that will feel helpful, into something that will feel like it's 
benefiting others. And I think part of that is recognizing and naming the nuance of experience and the fact Mm -hmm. that it is not always one way. And I think if I were to sit here and talk about, I have this baby and I have this business and like, I have this great marriage and like, you know, my life is so all of this to not name the fact that sometimes I feel down that to not name the fact that sometimes things don't go as planned is really doing a disservice to my audience. And I think this is part of what gets us into the loneliness is, you know, we go on social media and it's like these days, motherhood only looks one way. Um, and it is very filtered over and, (laughs) you know, there's not a whole lot of folding laundry on Instagram. Um, but there are a lot of cloth diapers, which is question, you know, how is that possible (laughs) both those things are out there which yes uh, but also like i am i've been an environmental activist my whole adult life and my kid hated cloth diapers so what mm-hmm. are you going to do man like at a certain point you just have to honor what's actually going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah we couldn't do them either <laughs> you know i i had really great plans and mm-hmm. here we find ourselves and that's all I can say about that. <laughs> well, and I love that it's come down like this. It is kind of it's a great little nugget of like the cloth diaper conundrum, right? Like, yeah, it's the, uh, I wish, I wish I could do it. But yeah, it didn't work. We had more diaper rash than we knew what to do with when that was what we were trying. And, you know, I think it's the same thing with being an entrepreneur. Like there are a lot of really beautiful minimalist flat lays on white backgrounds Mm -hmm. and that is never what working for myself has looked like (laughs) (laughs) no me neither (laughs) so what are you so what are you gonna do like pretend that it's otherwise or be honest about the fact that like hey things are messy and complicated and that's just what being alive and being born in a human body is like mm-hmm. mm. amen <laughs> well yeah. i feel like that's a good resting point <laughs> or we can keep going um no i mean i think that's i think that's the whole thing right is that yeah. is that you know joy is always on the move and we have to keep hunting for it and in the meantime it's going to look kind of messy Yes. Oh, Christy, you know I adore you. Thank you so much for You're being the best. today and for sharing. Thank you for having me as always. These are always like the most fun conversations and you know I adore you and <laughs> now we need to get lunch or something. <laughs> we do. Christy, thanks so much for being on the show always. You know that I adore you and love having you on. Um, If you guys want to find out more about this episode and you want links to the show notes and all of that, you can visit the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash Christy and you'll see links. And don't forget, she's starting her brand new class on October 22nd, all about self-advocacy. There could not be a better time for this class to start and I know you will just love it. 
And as I said, if you guys would like to follow along with some of the quotes that are being generated out of these episodes and see what I do in my day to day, (laughs) you can do that over at Instagram, where I am, Jumpstart Your Joy. You will see that there are some very special pictures going to go up in the next few days of me on a cruise with my sister and the new kids on the block. So you're going to want to really tune in there over on the Instagram. So I hope you guys will come on back next week. And when there's another, there is another exciting interview all about living well and knowing your limitations. And I hope you'll come back next week for that. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.